Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For you are great. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There is absolutely no one like our Lord. Can anybody say amen? Hallelujah. We thank God for today. Um, it's a little cold and breezy and rainy, uh, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm not complaining. As long as it's not snowing yet, I'm not going to complain. Amen? So we're happy that you are here. Happy Wednesday. Uh, tonight, we're continuing our Bible study on the book of James. And uh, last week, our pastor uh, spoke about reacting with wisdom. Uh, and today, we'll speak about what happens when we don't react with godly wisdom and the consequences thereof. Amen. So be, before we begin, um, I want someone to please look up James chapter 4, verses 1 through 12 in the NIV version. And if you don't mind, Javier, to look up James chapter 4, verse 1 through 12, in the um, TPT, the, uh, the Passion Translation, <clears throat> excuse me, and we're, we're just going to, it's a little reading, but I, I want you to really look at what we're doing. I, w I want you to really understand uh, what James was trying to say and why he was trying to say it. And so if uh, someone can please read for me the NIV version that would be amazing. Javier's going to do TPT, but I want the NIV first. So who's going to do it? Thank you. James chapter four. If you can put the mic a little close to your mouth, yes. Um, what causes fights and quarrels among, among you? Don't they come from desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive. Because when you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely? But he gives us more grace. This is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Amen. Submit, you, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers, do not slander one another. 
Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is, on, there is only one lawgiver, I'm George, the one who is able to save and destroy you, but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Let's read it now in the Passion Translation. This is TPT, right? Yep. What is the cause of your conflicts and quarrels with each other? Doesn't the battle begin inside of you as you fight to have your own way and fulfill your own desires? You jealously want what others have, so you begin to see yourself as better than others. You scheme with envy and harm, and harm others to selfishly obtain what you crave. Mm -hmm. That's why you quarrel and fight. And all the time you don't obtain what you want because you won't ask God for it. And if you ask, you won't receive it, for you're asking with corrupt motives. Seeking only to fulfill your own selfish desires, you have become spiritual adulterers who are having an affair and unholy relationship with the world. Don't you know that flirting with the world's values places you at odds with God? Whoever chooses to be the world's friend makes himself God's enemy. Does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us. But he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. For it says, God resists you when you are proud, but continuously pours out grace when you are humble. So then, surrender to God. Stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will flee in agony. Mm. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. But make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure. Stop doubting. Feel the pain of your sin. Be sorrowful and weep. Let your joking around be turned into mourning and your joy into deep humiliation. Wow. Be willing, to made, be willing to be made low before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Dear friends, as part of God's family, never speak against another family member. Hmm. For when you slander a brother or sister, you violate God's law of love. And your duty is not to make yourself a judge of the law of love by saying that it doesn't apply to you. But your duty is to obey it. Hmm. There is only one true lawgiver and judge, the one who has the power to save and destroy. So who do you think you are to judge your neighbor? Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. When, when I was reading this, I said, Lord, something was going on. <laughs> something uh, upset you. Uh, and, and, but the Holy Spirit is so good because he, he teaches us, right? He teaches us all things. And so we're going to start breaking down this a little bit um, uh, by, by verses, obviously, and see what the Holy Spirit of God is, is telling us. Um, now, I want you to do one thing. Before, before anything, I want, you to, I want you to respond to me. Who is James speaking to? Okay. 
Cassandra? Who's he speaking to? Perhaps he's speaking to the believers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, the believers in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's speaking to the early Christians, right? Yeah. Uh, the early Christian church, which was primarily made up of Jewish Christians. And he's speaking to someone else today. Us. So I want you to take your finger, and this is an exercise we're going to do. Take your finger, and I want you to point it at yourself and say, God is speaking to me. (laughs) Yeah, so right here, we're pointing it because we want and we need the Holy Spirit to speak to us and give us conviction. It's easy for me to say, Javier, you need to really hear this. But it's another thing for me to say, Yvette, you need to hear this yourself. Amen? So we've read, we've read um, the NIV translation and we've read the uh, Passion translation so that we are without excuse and we understand exactly what James is trying to say. Now, what is the first thing that James does in this chapter? Well, that is the first thing he does. By the way, hello, online family. God bless you. What is the first thing that James does from the beginning? He asked a question. He asked, he's asking a question, right? And so what is the question that he's asking? What causes fights and quarrels among you? Right. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? So this is telling us that, guess what? There were fights and there were quarrels. He's not, he's not saying, he's not asking, are there fights and quarrels among you? He's saying, why? What is the source of quarrels among you? This is what he's saying. So James has a very uh, pastoral way of explaining, right? That sinful passions lead to battles within the church. And this is shown in the parallel sentence structure, right? So we're, we're going we're gonna to do a little uh, a structure here that looks like fact and result, right? With verses one through three. And it's right on, on, on your notes. But we're just going to break them down a little bit. So somebody please read the first fact. The first fact and results right on your paper. Desire and do not have results, so you murder. You desire, fact, you desire and do not have the result, so you murder, right? So not only do I have desires, but I will go to any extreme to get them, amen? Where else did you hear something like this with regard to murder? Do you remember somebody mentioning something that sounded like this? Let's go back a little bit. Anybody remember the Sermon on the Mount? What happened on the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus said what? Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount said that a man with unrighteous anger in his heart toward his brother is as liable to judgment as a man who commits murder. Wow. So James uses murder to heighten how truly devious our hearts become when we're obsessed or selfish have selfish desires, right? So he uses the word kill and murder to show the severity of the matter. He's like, why did he use? Because it's severe when this happens, right? 
Next fact and result. Uh, fact, you covet and cannot obtain. The result is, so you fight and quarrel. All right. Anybody here has had a fight? <laughs> People are laughing. I don't know if that means that not me or me, yes, right? So let me, let's ask this. What kind of fights, right? Now, this probably doesn't happen at AHOW. But what kind of fights can possibly happen? What kind of quarrels, what kind of heated arguments can possibly happen amongst the believers? What kind of fights? What kind of arguments? This is just an example. Nothing that, nothing that I've seen here. Right. Just an example. <laughs> yes. I, we, want exa we, we just want examples. It happens in other churches. Right. Right. Not here. You know, so maybe you'll have a, a, a ministry team. Uh-huh. And you have one too many chiefs and not too many. Yes. Indians. Right. And so one chief wants to do one thing one way. Another chief wants to do another thing another way. Another chief wants to... And, Correct. Uh, so this is where the infighting many times that, in that, can, that can be a cause for conflict. Happen. Yeah, that's just one example. Yes. And it Anybody else? Happen here. Anybody else? I have an example. Yes. You know, there are a lot of denominations and stuff like that. So people in different denominations can argue about, let's say, if you should come, girls should come to church with a, a pants or something right. like that. So they have different kinds of arguments about right. religious things. Right. Yes, very good. Any others? Oh, go ahead, Pastor B. No, not here, but go ahead. Yeah, position. Yes. Many times in church, people feel, you know, I've been here longer or I'm better. Wow. I'm, I have the gifts yes. and I'm not given the opportunity right. and that leads to um, fights and yeah. Wow, wow. Anyone online? You want to let us know what kind of quarrels or fights or heated arguments uh, could possibly happen amongst believers? How about if there's sin in the church, right? How about if there's uh, uh, lying and cheating and fornication and adultery and something called pride? Do we, have you heard of that word? How about do you think all any of these things can possibly cause quarrels amongst the believers in leadership do you think all leadership is perfect and that we all do you actually think we all sit down at the table and agree 100% PK on everything not at all right so this can possibly also cause some kind of you know um, disagreement and heated arguments right or maybe a personality clash anybody Well, let me say this. Over, I guess over the last 30 years yes. <laughs> in the church, the biggest place where I've seen conflict is in like the choir. Wow. When people think they should sing the solos. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. so people, people hear their own voice when they sing. That was, uh, this is too early for this, PK. You started really early, but go ahead. All right. No, I, I don't want to get in <laughs> but trouble. Go ahead. Go me, ahead. <laughs> 
But I think it causes a lot of conflict because people themselves misjudge their own gifts and talents, right. and then other people see other things, so it causes a conflict in the church. Wow. Yes, very true. Anything else? Anybody? This online decision-making positions. Quarrels could come up over leadership positions. Yes. Um, wow, pastor, this person just got here yesterday, and you're anointing them as pastor. Why? I've been here 100 years. What about me? So these are some of the quarrels that can happen amongst the church. And obviously, some of these things was going on when James said, why? What is the source? We can have conflict between believers, jealousy. Have we seen jealousy in a church? We just spoke about that a little bit, right? Have we seen gossip in a church? Oh, everybody's quiet. It's like, mm. Have we seen envy in the church? Slander. Yes. Yes. Listen, we are here tonight because the Holy Spirit wants to dissect. Right? The Holy Spirit wants to bring it. Anytime the Holy Spirit brings these things to light, it's because the next best thing is going to happen. Healing. Woo. Hallelujah. God is good. Fights can arise from wanting position, recognition, distribution of gifts. Guess what? Guess what, Pastor B? You and I have nothing to do or say with who God wants to give gifts to. <laughs> that is his choice and his choice alone. He gives whom he wants to give to. And what we say is, yes, Lord, and amen. He says, jump, and we say, how high do you want me to jump? Amen? So these are all things that are happening, right? So you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and you quarrel. Next fact. Next fact. Come on, come on. You do not have, and the reason is because you do not ask. Now, I want to attach this to the next fact and result because they go hand in hand, right? You do, now, this is probably the, one of the most misquoted scriptures right here because, yes, in other parts of scripture, you know, we ask God and he gives us. Amen. Here, that's not what we're talking about. Here, we're not saying ask for an airplane and you shall receive an airplane. That's not what this is all about. So it's saying, fact, you do not have the reason because you do not ask. Fact, you do ask. Result, you do not receive. And why is it that you do not receive somebody? Um, because you act wrongly and to spend it on your passions. So our prayers, when we're asking God, we're actually praying to God. So our prayers are selfish and they are of personal gain. So verses 1 through 3 are a reiteration of what he says in James chapter 3, verses 14 through 16, which Pastor covered last week. That worldly wisdom leads to self-ambition and envy. And if left 
unchecked. Envy causes disorder and other evils. Meaning that that thought might come to you. Maybe for a moment, you might have this little jealous feeling in you. Maybe for a moment. But the moment you receive it, you check it. And you send it where it came from, back to the pit of hell, where it came from. Amen? So James knows. He knows that his flocks, flock live, live by the world's wisdom, most of the people, by carnality. But wants those who he shepherd to live by God's wisdom alone. Someone say amen. All right. Verse 4. Some, someone read verse 4 for us. We're doing well. We're doing, we have good timing. Verse 4. Verse 4. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Wow. We read this. You adulterous people. You don't, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend... Anyone who chooses to have a relationship, anyone who chooses to benefit from, from what? The world becomes a what? An enemy of God. So here James accuses them of adultery. Is it physical adultery? Yes or no? The charge here is not physical adultery, but spiritual one. No physical fornication, not physical fornication, but spiritual fornication. Because Christians, what? Believers are married to whom? To Christ. Christ is the lover of our souls. Christ is my first husband. Isn't that awesome? He's my first husband. So they are married to Jesus, but he's saying, but they run after other gods. This endangers, right? It endangers the marriage relationship with Christ. And, and we, we clearly see that a lot in the Old Testament, right? We see this language in the Old Testament. Uh, prophets who charged Israel with adultery. Just as faithless Israel sought to worship both the Lord and the Canaanite gods of fertility and prosperity, so Christians attempt to pursue both God and the world. Wow. James isn't, listen, James doesn't tell them, you're playing with fire. He clearly tells them, you're doing adultery. So when we're quarreling and we're fighting, and I want, and I lust after your desires, Cassandra, and I want your gift at all costs, so much so that I'm willing to kill for it, so much so that I'm willing to slander over it. James is saying, I'm an adulterer. I'm an adulterer. I'm messing up this relationship between me and Christ. So he clearly tells them, tells them that what they are doing is adultery. James 3.20 says what? It's on your paper. Someone. Jeremiah 3 verse 20. Jeremiah, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 3.20. But like a woman unfaithful to her husband, so you have been unfaithful to me, O house of Israel. 
but like a woman unfaithful to her husband. So you have been unfaithful to me, O house of Israel. Listen, very few Israelites set out to worship pagan gods alone. They had their hearts set on, they wanted to worship God, but they also wanted to worship the pagan gods. Now, I don't know about you. I'm married. Anybody married here? Anybody here willing to share your spouse with someone else? Why? Why not? Why wouldn't you want to share your spouse with someone else? Just as you do not want... Are you going to say something? Oh. Yes. So just as you do not want to share your spouse with someone else, the Lord doesn't want to share you with someone else either. Think about that for one second. He doesn't want to share you with anyone either. He wants you for himself. Amen. Someone read verse 5 for me, please. Verse 5, or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously, greatly desires, pursue with love, longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Read that one more time. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously, greatly desires, pursues with love, longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Wow. Wow. I want you to know that where it says there, or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously, that word there, jealously, is the word greatly desires. That's that word, jealously. It's the word pursue with love. It's, it's different. This is why it's so important to, to, um, to learn and so important to, to research. It's so important to, to go ahead and dig a little deeper when we're studying scripture because our English language is limited. Um, but the Greek language is so rich. And so we have to really find out what these words mean. And in this case, when he's saying that... that um, do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously, that he greatly desires and pursues us, right? Longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell, dwell in us. Listen, the Lord's grace is so amazing that because he knew, do you think it was a surprise that, do you think it came as a surprise to God that we would have quarrels and fights? Do you think God one day said, oh my God, my children are fighting. And they're arguing and they have jealousy. Oh, no. No, that's not what he said. He's so amazing that he knew we would have fights, that he knew we would have quarrels. And he gave us a means to be able to come back from that and to desire him instead. This is the God that we serve. So the spirit he caused to dwell in us, it longs to have a relationship with him and him alone. So Jehovah Jireh provided for us. Get, I want you to get this. So not only did we mess up back in Eden 
and we have a sinful nature. But he's so good that he empowered us and gave us his Holy Spirit so that now we can fight back the desires of the flesh, the lust of the flesh in Jesus' name. Amen? Hallelujah. So when we resist, when we resist the means which he has provided, right, he opposes us. Because what we're, say, what we're really saying is, I got this. I got this. I can do this my way, which really translates to I can do it the world's way. Listen, Jesus said this in John chapter 15, verse 19. If you belong to the world, it will love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. And 1 John 2, 4 says, whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. Now, I need two wonderful people that are in this place that are going to help me demonstrate a little something. Amen? All right. Let me move out of the way a little bit. All right. So let's stand. Stand right here. Move right here. Yep. And we can, you know, he's good. He'll catch you guys. Now I want you to hold this up and I want you to hold yours up. And I want you to see what it looks like. What it looks like. So, so we're talking about um, the worldly desires, right? We're talking about my way. And then we're talking about God's way. Now we can open this up a little bit. There you go. Anybody here play tug of war? Anybody here competitive? Wow. See that? That's why we need to study James. So this is what's happening. This is what's happening. This is, I'm sorry. There? All right. This is what's going on, right? When we're quarreling and when we're fighting and when we're arguing and when we're jealous and when we're envy, we're going this way, right? Thank you, Cassandra. <laughs> but, when we, but when we are equipped with the wisdom of the Lord, we say, no, 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 no flesh. You're not in control here. The wisdom of God is in control. So we're going this way. Now listen. He's saying, he said resist, right? He's saying resist. Why, why is it that we tend to resist the one who loves us? Why are we resisting the one who says, come get my wisdom? Why do we resist? Why don't we resist? I'm sorry, Maya. Why don't we resist this guy here? And we're too busy doing this. Do you know that this can get tiring? Do you know that this can get exhausting? Going back and forth. 
Now I'm going to have you sit right there for a minute because I'm going to call you right back. Yep. Say that, say that. Somebody give him a mic. That's good. Even God said that his spirit will not strive with man forever. Amen. Amen. Even God gets tired. Can we say that? Yes. In this sense, we can, right? Now, how do we deal with this mess? How do we stop? How do I stop quarreling with my brother? How do I stop opposing God's grace over my life? He gives us instructions. So let's read. He's so good. He's such a way maker. Verse 7 through 10. Someone please read it nice and loud. Um, it says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Mm. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Wow. So I, I, I wrote a little chart here just to show you the breakdown of verses 7 through 10. So we see submit to God, right? We see resist. We see draw near. We see cleanse and purify. We see lament and mourn. We see humble yourself. And then we see he will lift you up. Now let's break that down a little bit. Let's break that down. Submit. Anybody? What is submit? Online, what is submit? To submit is like when you give in and you are not just willing to do your own thing, but you're willing to do the will of God. You're willing to, or if we say like working with others, you're willing to work with others to get something done. Amen. Anybody else? Submit. Go ahead, Pastor B. Submit also means to yield. Amen. One more. To surrender control. Mm, to surrender control. Amen. Now, unfortunately, in today's society, this word, um, <laughs> this word submit, I, I think that when women hear, I'm going to say women, specifically women, hear the word submit, um, there's like a cringe that takes place, right? Um, but the, you know why? Because we don't know what it really means. You see, the word submit, this word never speaks of equality. It doesn't speak of equality, but rather it speaks of position and alignment. So yes, you are right. To submit means to come under, right? Um, in a non-military use in this Greek word, it, um, it was a voluntary attitude of giving in, right? Cooperating, assuming responsibility. So I'm not waiting for anyone else to start. I'm going to go ahead and take responsibility. In other words, I don't submit to my husband, right? 
as a response to what he is doing, what he's given me. I submit to my husband as a response to what God has already done. You hear that? That's very different. Very different. Therefore, therefore, submit means let God take control. Right? He offers us grace. So our response is to what? To submit. And guess what? If you're not submitting to God, you're still submitting to something else or someone else. If you say, I don't submit to anybody but myself, then guess what? You are carnal and live by your own fleshly desires, right? So why should I submit? I submit because he's a creator. I submit because he's my savior. I submit because he's my father. What do we benefit when we don't submit? Absolutely nothing. I'm going to ask you guys to come back. The next word, you can stand right here in front of me. The next word is the word resist. Right? Now, now Cassandra, who are you resisting? The devil. Right. Right. It says resist the devil and he would what? And he would flee. Now, the, I like the, the TPT version. It said he would flee with agony. So he's not just fleeing, but he's hurt. He's hurt and he's got to go, right? So this is the difference now. We're not doing a tug of war. The only one tugging here is him. You are resisting. You are opposing. You are standing against. You are remaining. You are confronting. He will not move you in the name of Jesus. You keep tugging? Are you tugging? Remember, we don't resist. Watch this. She's not resisting, right? She's not resisting because she needs to gain victory. So she's not resisting uh, from a place of victory. She's not resisting to, to, to win because she's already won. She's resisting from victory, not for victory. So Cassandra, when you're standing there bold and you're, you're standing there in the might of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit, you're doing it not because you're trying to win this battle because the battle has already been won, but because you're believing that the battle has been won. Therefore, now you're standing here from a place of victory. So guess what this fool has to do? You got to go. You got to go. I know it hurts, but you got to go. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. God is so good. Let's, whew, he's so good. Even just, yes. Uh, what ministry, but just wanted to add also that yeah. she's resisting from a posture of having submitted to God. Exactly. So really she's anchored in her position mm. and uh, has become immovable, mm. you know, which is, which is what enables her to resist at that point. Amen. So, yeah. Amen. So her submission to God has empowered her to stand and to resist. Do you know that we, when we don't, when we don't submit ourselves to God, we're actually opposing his grace? And we begin to oppose the wrong person. Isn't that crazy? 
But God is so good. God is so good. And this is so amazing that he says what next? He says, draw near. Draw near. Now, let me tell you something. This is absolutely phenomenal because this to me is a love story. This is a love story. You see, we, we're coming from a place where we think that submission is oppression. But this is such an amazing love story that Jesus is saying is, is submit to me. I know what I'm doing. I got this. I know the way. I am the way. Come, come, come. I enable you so that you can resist the enemy and he will flee with agony. So draw near. What a love story. I'm providing everything that you need. I'm equipping you with everything that you need so we can make this thing happen. The Lord has equipped my husband and I for 29 years so that we can withstand the lies of the enemy and have a successful marriage today. Amen. And this is God with his bride. He equips his bride to stand against the enemy so that we can hang on to this wonderful and amazing love story. Somebody say amen. Woo, God is so good. He's so good. Listen, he says, come, draw near. He's saying, come spend time with me. He's saying, come closer. I don't want you far. I want you close because he's a close God. He says, come and hold my hand. Come and have communion with me. How do you think we draw near to God? How can we draw near? Online, online audience. How can we draw near to this amazing God that we're talking about? Amen. One way we can draw near is by spending time with him. How do you do that? Um, praying, like having your quiet time, worshiping. Amen. Anybody else? We can do it through fasting as well. And then when, we, when it comes to praying, like you don't just have to Pray like you are shutting your eyes and you're in your quiet time. You can just be praying like you're talking to God, like your best friend. Mm. Um, like, you know, as you go throughout your day, you know, your mind is on him. You're meditating on his word. Um, you read his word and um, you continually reflect upon it. You ask the Holy Spirit to give you that wisdom as you're reading. And um, that helps to grow your relationship with God. Wow. She went hardcore. She said, you fast. And how many of you know that our 21-day fast is coming up? So that's a plug-in right there. Listen, when we fast, I'm denying myself of me. I take the focus off of me, and I focus on him, on my lover. You going to say something? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Eddie Yemi and Sister Rachel said exactly what I was going to say. Mm -hmm. But I will add that you draw near by faith. Number one, and God has given us gifts in the spiritual disciplines, which Adiyemi mentioned already and Sister Rachel mentioned already, but the spiritual disciplines of Bible intake, praise and worship, prayer and fasting, 
service, and, uh, you know, uh, so many other spiritual disciplines that God has given us. As we exercise them by faith, mm. we are drawn near to God. Amen. Amen. How many of you want to draw closer to God? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next, cleanse and purify. Consecrate yourselves for me, says the Lord. Listen, I don't know if you were here on Sunday. If you were not here on Sunday, I urge you, I urge you that go home tonight. And if you're home, when this is over, watch the sermon on Sunday. Amen. Pastor, Pastor Herman uh, spoke. He spoke of coming, come to see God. Come draw near. But something happens when you draw near to God. You just don't draw near to a holy God and nothing happens. You draw near to God and there's transformation that takes place. Right? Isn't it crazy that the closer you get to God, sometimes the filthier, the filthier we look. And I think who better describes this than Isaiah, right? In the book of Isaiah, where it says, chapter 6, woe to me. I cried. He cried. He said, I am ruined. He said this because he knew who he was. For I am a man of unclean lips. And live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. So when Pastor Herman preached Isaiah chapter 6 on Sunday, I wanted to jump off my seat because I was thinking of today, you know, Isaiah knew he was a man of unclean lips. He thought he was gonna die, my God. But God is so merciful that He's the invitation. Is not coming from you. It's coming from him. So he's not going to kill you. Because he wants you to draw near. Because he wants to love you. My God. God is so good. Next thing. Oh God is 756. Lament and mourn. Mortify this flesh. And die to self. Not my way. But yours Lord. This should be our everyday cry. Humble yourself. What does that mean, to humble yourself? To, to make yourself low before God. To make yourself low. Let me be the Lord of your life. Why? God resists the proud, but draw nears to the humble. Draw nears to the humble. And then what? Then there's a promise. What's the last one? Go ahead, because I was saying, he will lift you up. Amen. He will lift us up. He will restore us. He will restore your dignity, right? He will prosper me. He will make us whole. This is the God that we serve. So we're coming from all this mess, the quarrels, the fighting, the this, the that, the jealousy, the killing. But yet he's saying, stop that. Let me give you some instructions. Submit. Resist. Draw near, hallelujah, lament, mourn, mortify the flesh, humble yourself, and I will lift you up, says the Lord. My God, he's so good, he's so good. Woo, Jesus. 
what kind of God is it that we're serving? What kind of God does this? What kind of God? What kind of God loves us so much? I'm going back to the cross. Jesus is on the cross pouring himself out for humanity. But humanity didn't see it. That's, this, that's the kind of God we're talking about right here. He's saying, come, come, submit and draw yourself to me. Because I see something that you don't see. Because I wrote the book. Because the Bible says, Maya, that your footsteps, that your walk was already written for you before the foundations of the earth. That's how important you are to God. That's how important you are to God. That's how amazing our God is. And so let's read the last, where, where are we? Verses 11 through 12. Now, if you don't mind, if we can, we have a little time. So if we can read this in the NIV, which is here. And Javier, if you can do it again, read that TBT. That would be great. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? To speak evil against a brother, fellow Christian, is to speak evil of the law and judges the law. Javier. Dear friends, as part of God's family, never speak against another family member. What does it say? Dear, what, never speak against another family member. Sometimes? Never. Okay. Okay. Uh, for when you slander a brother or sister, you violate. The mic went off. Off? Okay, that's okay. Our brother's doing really well. That's okay. So it says... Is it uh, I on? think it's back Okay, on. Yeah. go ahead. Okay. Never speak against another family member. For when you slander a brother or sister, you violate God's law of love. And your duty is not to make yourself a judge of the law of love by saying that it, that it doesn't apply to you. But your duty so is... So the problem is what? That we are saying this applies to you, but it does not apply to me. What's that called? There's a word for that. There's a word for that. Wouldn't it be like, like a hypocrite? Ah, very good. I love our young people. Yes. Yeah, so what I'm saying, and Javier, stick with me. What I'm saying is, you, you can go ahead, and what I'm saying is, I'm sorry, I can go ahead and talk bad about somebody, but you can't. Go ahead. By saying that it doesn't apply to you, mm -hmm. but your duty is to obey it. 
There is only one true lawgiver and judge, the one who has the power to save and destroy. Mm. So who do you think you are to judge your neighbor? So who do you think you are? Anybody here? Let's be honest. Can we be honest? Anyone here is guilty of judgment. I've done it. I've done it. But remember, when I take a ruler, right? Come here, honey. When I take a ruler and I start to size you, right? Hmm. Hmm. What God is saying is what? Oh, I'm not using him as a ruler. I'm using me as a ruler. The standard is Christ. So if you're ready to do this to your brother, let's see how holy you are. Let's see how good you are. Then be ready to be judged. By the one who judges. Thank you, babe. Be ready. I call him babe because he's my husband, just in case. Okay. Just in case. In case someone doesn't know. So remember, we're not, you can go ahead and you can judge if you want to. But remember that you're going to be judged. Not by that standard, but by God's standard. Amen? So when we have proper humility before God, it becomes very difficult to judge others. When we have proper posture before the Lord, it now becomes a little harder. You know why? Because I know what a sinner I am. So now before I go ahead and slander my brother, I need to look at myself and say, are you better? Doesn't that change things a bit? So when we have proper humility before God, it becomes difficult to judge others. Because when we begin to understand that we are not better than our brethren, we learn to love them for who they are. Now, it doesn't mean I can't evaluate people, right? But rather, it means that I'm going to approach my brother in love and not speak ill about him. So let's ask the Holy Spirit of God to help us be wise. Let's, let's ask the Holy Spirit of God to help us, to help us not quarrel. Let's, help, let's ask the Holy Spirit of God to help us draw near to God. Actually, come here, come here honey. Come here for one second before we close out tonight. You know, and I can, again, I can do this because he's my husband, right? So God, is, God wants you to draw so near to him that when, when he wants you to draw this near, so close, so close, that when you see me, you also see who? You also see him. That we're not walking this way so that you don't know. Stand right there. Thank you. Begin to walk. Stop. You can't tell if he's with me or not, can you? 
Maybe he's going that way. Maybe I'm going this way. That's not what God is trying to tell you. He's saying, submit to me. Draw near. So much so that now you know and you're not confused about this relationship that we're walking together. Amen? Wow, God is good. God is so good. Amen. All right, this concludes. Did we do it? Did we do all of it? Amen. Have fellowship with him always. Amen, my sisters. Study scripture and practice holy living to attract God's attention. Amen. Let's thank God. He is so good. God is so good. Oh, my goodness. We love you, Lord. We love you. Um, definitely this uh, uh, studying the book of James has been uh, quite uh, the challenge. And uh, it's been quite amazing to see what God is doing in our lives and how much he loves us and how much he cares for us. So with that said, we want to thank God for tonight, but we also want to thank God with our uh, offerings and our tithe.